Lieutenant Lord, do you hear that? That's just the wind blowing, Chappy. Huh? I don't think so, Lieutenant. It's coming from that way. I, I see torches, Lieutenant. I see them too, Chappy. They got boats. They look armed and angry. Prepare to defend yourselves, men. Well, sunny beaches of South Florida. Welcome to the internationally loved and true storytelling podcast, Family History Drama. Did you know that true stories well told can inspire, caution, entertain, and instruct? If you can make history personal, you can make it actionable. Now sit back and enjoy another immersive audio family history story that is almost too true to be believed on the Family History Drama Podcast. If you have missed parts one or two of this story, please seek them out and then come back to the concluding portion of this miraculous account. Now, continuing along with this true tale, this first bombing run for Howard Leon Wetton seemed routine and even promising. As they flew into the evening sky, their B-24 bomber passed through an electrical storm along their charted path. Everything was about to change. Communication was down. Some plane controls were disabled. Bomb bay doors were jammed open. Bombs couldn't be dumped to lighten their load. Into that stormy, dark night over the Pacific Ocean, their B-24 bomber wandered without navigation. One by one, the engines began to sputter and then stop completely. As the fuel tanks ran dry, not knowing where they were or if a signal could be heard, the crew prepared for the inevitable water landing or crash into the oceans surrounding the Solomon Islands. Leon recounted, I, I watched as the plane skimmed the tops of the waves and then hit the water. I was praying fervently, and all the while I tried to undo the straps, but I couldn't get the strap undone that would release me from my gun position and from the plane. I asked the Lord to help me get out of the belt to protect me and and help the crew. A calm assurance came over my heart. God would let me know what to do. Somehow, miraculously, I was released from that strap, but I couldn't get out of the tail. It was now sinking straight down, and I had to go down deep into the ocean so I could get out of that tail section. A a still, small voice said to me, Dive, Leon. Dive quickly into the rising water, and go down until you get under the sinking tail, and then come up to the surface. Somehow, I I knew I would be all right, and I made up my mind to quickly obey. I I finally got under it, 
and worked my way to the top of the water. Oh, that nearly expired me. Oh, this flight suit is heavy when it's wet. I just gotta get this zipper undone. Seems to be stuck. Dear Heavenly Father, what can I do? What can I do? Use the little knife that you have in your pocket and cut the suit off. Oh, yeah. The pocket knife. Huh. This flight suit is full of water. Every wave rolls me over. Oh, one minute I am right side up and breathing air and looking at the sky. Then the next wave turns me upside down and my face is in the cold, salty water. Ah, where's that knife? There. Oh, now to get out the large blade and cut. Oh, snap, that was my best blade. I got to slow down. Please, dear God, help me to calm down and get this suit cut from my body. What do I do now, Heavenly Father? Oh, okay. Open the little blade and cut close to the zipper. It's more solid. Got it. Oh, thank goodness. That's off. Now to cut the pants loose. There. Oh, it's so much easier to swim. Leon! Wenton! Leon, can you hear me? Here, Lieutenant. I'm over here. Wenton! Win him. Kenneth, win him. Win him. Kenneth. Over here. Over here. I'll bring him in, Lieutenant Lord. I'll go get him. Win him. Thank goodness you got your Mae West life vest on. Why are you swimming in circles? Oh, my arm. It's hurt badly. I can't seem to use it. That's okay, Win. I got you. Let me hook my foot under your life vest and just try and help me. Okay. I'll do my best. Leon. That was some water landing. More like water crashing. There was nothing landy about that kind of landing. Win him. Winnem! Winnem's with me, Lieutenant. I'm bringing him in. Winnem! Wenton! There, Winnem. I seen some small lights. They're standing on the wing with the flashlight. Leon! Leon, we're coming to help! Okay. Uh, we'll get him back to the wing. There's Potter, holding on the oxygen bottle. Keep your light on him. Hang on, Potter, I'm coming. Potter? Where's the oxygen bottle? Potter, where'd you go? Potter! He's gone, Lieutenant. Potter's... Potter's gone. Anyone seen Claude Myers? Uh, no, sir. No telling whether he got out of the plane or not. 
Look! Lieutenant! Boats! They look like island natives. They got knives. And axes, Lieutenant. Not a lot of whittling to do out here. They don't look friendly. We're Americans. We need help. They want us to get in the boats, boys. I'll take the chances in a boat to stand on this wing. Lieutenant, I, I think if we had been Japs, that would have been the end of us. How? How do you suppose they knew we were out here and found us? Unless midnight is prime time fishing for these natives, this wasn't no coincidence. Chappie, how are you feeling? Not too good, Leon. I think both my legs are broken. That impact was really bad. I don't think that landing gear helps at all during water landings. <laughs> Leon, can you pray for me? I, I already am, Chappie. From the moment we hit the water, it's been one continuous prayer. Oh, thank you, Leon. When we reached the shore, they took us to a small hut and laid us all on bamboo mats. One of the natives spoke some pretty good English and told us to take off our clothes so they could dry them out. Well, we kept our underclothes on. The natives gave us a blanket of some kind and told us to go to sleep until morning, which we gladly did. It was beginning to get light when they brought the clothes back, all except mine. I had no clothes except the undergarments I was already wearing. I, I feel a little suspicious as to why. You see, I was about the same small stature size as the natives there. They thought that was just great. Well, I also think they wanted a comparable pattern to clothing. And well, I just happened to fit the bill. I have other clothes for you soon. Just wait and eat. Would you look at that? Look at them bounteous rations. It's a breakfast made out of native fruits and lots of other things from the island. Either this is some of the best food I've ever eaten, or I'm just really hungry. An assessment was taken of the injuries sustained. Everyone needed a doctor as fast as possible. Except Leon who was unhurt. The second Lieutenant Lord, the pilot, had cracked or broken ribs. The second Lieutenant Radford, the co-pilot, was injured seriously. The second Lieutenant Rourke, the navigator, had his scalp partially torn off. The second Lieutenant Potter, the bombardier, was dead. Ed Semick, the engineer and nose turret gunner, was seriously injured. Uh, Robert Chapman, or Chappie, the radio operator, 
had broken both of his legs. Claude Myers, a side gunner, was dead. A Kenneth Wynnum, another gunner, had damaged his shoulders. Harold Ewing, a side gunner, had an ear nearly torn off. Howard Leon Wetton, assistant radio operator and tail gunner, not injured. The man who spoke English told Lieutenant Lord that the United States Navy Seabees were working on the island. There was a road to the place that they were building a runway. It was about three or four miles away. There was just a trail through the jungle that led to the road. Leon, since you're the only one without injuries, would you go and let them know we need help? Sure, Lieutenant, sure. What's this? Um, Arayana. A Bible? You, you want me to read it? Okay. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, who come of the Nephilim, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Leon, I think he's saying that a man small of stature and big of heart is heading out into the land of legendary Nephilim giants. He would be praying for you. Um, I might be a little rusty on my Old Testament, but that's not funny. And don't you dare tell him thank you for the warning. My name might not be David, but after all the near-death moments last night, I'll take my chances. Well, I took up the trail hoping to find the road and get some of the truck drivers to come help. What's that? What's that? Hold on, I hear voices. Probably not giants, but just to make sure, uh, just to make sure they're friendlies, I'll just hide here for a bit. Hey! Hey, you guys from the Navy? Yes, sir. You with the B-24 crew that went down? Well, we're on our way to help you right now. Let's go. Oh, thank goodness. Well, there were a couple of doctors and some help from the construction site. The chief had already sent a native runner over to tell him that we were there and asked for help, so they were on their way. They brought all the medical supplies needed to patch the crew up. They even brought some extra clothing, to which I was extra grateful. There, Lieutenant Lord, that's the best our docs can do for you here. We will radio your location to the nearest airbase with a PBY and get you guys out of here to more suitable help. A Lieutenant Potter? What's a PBY? A PBY is a plane that can land on water. I, I mean, one that is supposed to land on water. Uh, Captain, uh, how long do you think? Well, probably just two or three days at the most before the plane will arrive. We have more supplies at the airstrip we're building. But we will be sure to make sure your crew's comfortable in the meanwhile. Given a, a rough location is a good start, but it's best if you get to the beach tomorrow and build a big fire for the PBY crew so they'll know exactly where you are. 
Well, our crew stayed at the natives' camp that night, and the next day we started cutting and gathering wood for the fire. promised that PBY came and picked the crew up a couple days later. See there, Lieutenant Lord? Now that's how you land one properly in the water. That's what I did, Chappie. Couldn't you tell? No, I couldn't tell. Felt more like we were stumbling blindfolded in the dark backwards, across a floor covered in Legos. But then, falling off a thousand-foot cliff into a rocky ravine below... Where the river is full of hungry crocodiles who have rabies. Well, here's to hope we don't ever have to experience that again. Or at least not the lake part. The rest of it we could probably survive. flown from that island to a B-17 airbase somewhere, and the injured were admitted to the hospital there, and they finished caring for their wounds. It was another day or so before any of the men felt like traveling again. I can't blame them. Well, Henderson Air Base on the Guadalcanal was told of our situation, and our entire crew, minus Lieutenant Potter and Claude Myers, may they rest in peace. The rest of us were flown back to Guadalcanal on a B-17. You know what? When we arrived at the Henderson Field, all our stuff was missing out of the barracks. The other squadron members had taken it thinking we'd been lost for sure and would never return, so they had divided it all up. It took quite a while to get it all gathered back up, but thankfully everyone returned the items. As soon as the rest of the crew felt well enough to enjoy themselves a little, we were put on a plane and sent to New Zealand for a little military R&R. That's rest and relaxation for you civilian folks. It was our first trip to New Zealand, but not the last. Leon? Yes, Lieutenant Lord. I've been wondering. Well, I, I just don't know how you... The plane broke into on impact. The tail section was going down tail up. How'd you get out of the plane without being injured? I... Well, Lieutenant, I heard a voice that told me to dive straight into the rising water and to swim under the tail section and then back to the surface. By voice, I mean you... Hmm. And then... Normally I would say that's impossible to do, and it is. But, well, Leon, I'm still unsure what is really impossible for you. Your prayers have been answered for all of us, you know that. 
Uh, that's right, Wetton. Lieutenant Lord speaks for me on that as well, Leon. I feel like we surpassed the critical mass of coincidences a dozen times over during that one midnight bombing run that turned into an unscheduled water landing. Ever since that incident, I frequently ask myself the same questions of impossibility. Why were we stopped from trying to dump the bombs? What would have happened if just one of them would have armed itself as we attempted to offload it? Why'd we run out of gas where we did? Why did God take us to that particular island? What if we'd run out of gas somewhere else where there was no island? Uh, how did that restraint strap break to set me free? What alerted the natives of our problems in the middle of the night? What if they decided to wait until morning to come out in their canoes? How many of us would have survived then? What if the natives hadn't sent a runner down the road several miles to alert the trucks? What if there had not been Seabees working on the island to come and take care of us? At what point does coincidence become providence? Yes, Chappie. Wedden, have you said our... I mean, have you said your prayers? Yes, Chappie. He's been notified. I mentioned you by name. Oh, okay, perfect. Well, Lieutenant Lord, what are you waiting for? All right, crew. Batten down the hatches, trim the sails, put your tray tables and seat backs in their upright and locked positions. The temperature at Henderson Field Airport today is 87 degrees and just about as muggy. There will be no snacks on today's flight unless you brung them yourself. But keep your eyes peeled and, and your seatbelts on for the duration of today's mission. But thank you for flying Wall Canal's very own Liberator Airlines. Enjoy your flight. Leon Wetton served for two and a half years of active combat duty in the U.S. Army Air Corps during World War II. He flew a total of 43 bombing missions and numerous search missions in the South Pacific area, far more than the maximum of 25 missions allowed. He was awarded two Purple Hearts, the Distinguished Flying Cross, and many other medals and honors for his service. That water landing incident on Howard Leon Wetton's first bombing run had brought into his heart and soul the truth that God would really take care of him and bless him as his father had promised. Leon only needed to do his part and listen when God spoke. That night in the South Pacific Ocean, things changed for Leon. He rarely felt fear the rest of his time in the war. Which is surprising because post-war analysis shows that rear turret gunners 
were in the most vulnerable position on the plane. And what does that mean? Well, the life expectancy of a World War II rear gunner varied, but was never high. Mostly about just five sorties or less than two weeks. Larry H. Miller is quoted as saying, How many coincidences need to occur before they are not coincidences? Leon served his country faithfully, not with hatred in his heart for the enemy, but with deep love for his country and freedom. Leon spent six months under the care of the Fort George Wright Convalescent Hospital at Spokane, Washington, spending around two months of that time gaining strength and solace from farm work in Idaho. He received his honorable discharge from the Army on December 7, 1944. Just over a year later, Leon met his sweetheart, Delilah Eccles, at a dance in Mesa, Arizona. He walked home with her and a group of friends and found much to his surprise that he was living next door to her. Their romance blossomed and they were married on January 22, 1946. One week later, Leon started college at Tempe, Arizona. He graduated with a Bachelor of Arts degree in education. During his working years, Leon taught school in Blue Water, New Mexico, worked summers as a ranger for the Forest Service, served in his church and community as a scoutmaster for 12 years. He was an assistant principal and a gifted teacher who helped many students who were struggling with studies or with life. Leon eventually purchased his dream truck, a 1953 Ford F-100 4-speed. Yet of Things most important to Howard Leon Whetton was his marriage to Delilah and the six children they raised together. Leon and Delilah lived together for 61 years and nine months until her passing in 2007. Howard Leon Whetton himself was transferred to heaven on the 14th of January, 2013. Now they rest together again, side by side, in a small cemetery behind the chapel in Moccasin, Arizona. This fabulous story from the life of Howard Leon Whetton is just another spoonful of the unbelievably wonderful stories you will find here on the Family History Drama Podcast. Special thanks to Linda Whetton Goldthwaite for sharing with me Leon's personal account of this incredible moment from World War II. Are you related to the characters in today's episode? Well, there's one way to know. Download the Family Tree app today and find out. Everything is free. All genealogy ID numbers will be listed in the show notes, as well as links to their branch on the Family Tree. Just remember, your ancestors want to be felt as much as they want to be thought of. So keep their stories alive by recording them, telling them, and preserving them on the Family Tree memory page. See you later. Hi, are you still there?
Remember to download the Family Tree app and see how you are related to the people from today's episode. All those links will be included in the show notes. Sometimes it's important to look a gift horse in the mouth. Your gift is your ancestry. Your superpower is their family history stories that make you. Not a one of us crawled out from under a rock, regardless of what you've been told. You have 4,094 grandparents, over 12 generations, with thousands of love stories, battles, difficulties, sadness, happiness, and expressions of hope for the future that allows you to be here today. We are the culmination of so many things we did not choose. It was designed that way. So be gentle with yourself and others. Take the time to learn yourself through your family history stories. There are innumerable tributaries flowing into the life experience that deceptively seems to be your own, but it's not. So think about that as you row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Russell M. Nelson stated, When our hearts turn to our ancestors, something changes inside us. We feel part of something greater than ourselves. (laughs) I concur. Thank you for joining me on another unbelievably true adventure. Find your family history superpower and activate it. Until the next time, bye.